for coaches, by coaches, this is Soccer Chat with Nick Rizzo and Sean Sauterly. Brought to you by social media for high school athletes. What's up, everybody? This is Soccer Chat, your weekly coaching podcast brought to you every single week by the good folks at Social Media for the High School Athletes. Check them out online at socialstudentathletes.com and all over social media platforms at HS Social Media. Here at Soccer Chat, we are members of Dutick Brand FC. We love what those women are doing there. They're putting out the best coaching accessories for you. Go check it out. There's great beanies. There's great notebooks. There's great training cards. There's stickers. Whatever you're needing for your coaching benefit. You get it all at duketickbrand.com. Use the promo code SOCCERCHAT to get yourself a sweet discount. Go to duketickbrand.com, 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 and use the promo code SOCCERCHAT. We'll give a big shout-out to our friends over at Torex Soccer. That's T-O-R-R-X Soccer on Twitter. They make the greatest ball pump you will ever buy in your life. Go on our Facebook page at Chat Soccer, S-O-C-C-R, and make sure to see the video that we did with the Puppionis at the United Soccer Coaches Convention and see where we did an unboxing of one of these things and just see how amazing it is. You will get every single ball at the exact PSI that you want that's going to be healthy for your players every single time, and it takes hardly any time to do. Plus, it's so cool. Your players will want to use it. We all know we've been there before when coaches have told us, hey, go put air in the balls, and you're just like, oh, I don't want to do it. With a Torx, they're going to want to. If you buy one, make sure to use it and then go on Amazon, leave them a nice little rating and review. And if you've already bought one, you haven't went on their Amazon review, go and do it and leave them one. Tell Dan and Aaron that we sent you and we told them to tell you hello. He's Nick. I'm Sean. And um, I had something I was going to say about this week, but I don't remember. So I'm not going to say it. I mean, you got to be pretty happy about Chelsea today. You know, I would if I would have watched it. You didn't get a chance? I did not get to watch it. So um, we had the most uh, boring first half in the history of halves. That's that's what I read. Slightly over-exaggerating that, but it was a pretty boring first half. Honestly, Arsenal had the better play for the first half, and that completely changed. I um, About the time that the game got started, I was getting the kids ready because um, my daughter had a doctor's appointment. And we are just getting over. We just got back from Michigan. We took the the holiday weekend, went up and visited the unlaws. And of course, we can't travel um, without one of our kids getting sick. And literally 10 minutes before we were leaving out on Friday, uh, we had to run one of them to the clinic. And one got strep. And then three days later, the other one got strep, which is, if you followed the show, that's been what's happening for the last year and a half. Um, I mean, Sean's had strep for about... <laughs> 22 months so. it feels it feels like i mean well, i don't feel like i have but it feels like somebody in our house has had it uh for the last year and a half um so we went to the doctor's appointment day and it was just a, uh, a typical routine checkup uh for quinn getting ready to go to kindergarten and i was keeping up with it like while we were in the lobby uh because i saw like the hat the first half was boring and then all of a sudden I started getting some some snapchats from my man pete rosen who keeps me updated on all things chelsea when i can't watch it uh, it was sending me snaps of every goal. Let me know what was going on. Uh, and well played to Petr Cech, the best player Chelsea still has. Dude, he was phenomenal. It could have been like very bad the other direction. Oh, yeah. Well, I, and I, I just I saw actually before soccer chat um, the video that Arsenal fans are going bonkers over now uh, of the I forget which Chelsea player it was, but I guess they were doing a live Instagram and Giroud got on the bus with a trophy, and he looked right in the camera and said, thank you, Arsenal. And I was like, he just became a Chelsea legend. Oh, like, I mean, both of them. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Boy, I mean, honestly, Czech, Czech did pretty well at Arsenal, too. But 
Um, how, how crazy is it to play in that game knowing like as soon as the game's over with, you're becoming the director of football for the team you're playing against? It'd be weird. It'd be very, very weird. But no, I mean. I would have let a few more go in. Honestly, like it is, it is a weird dynamic just with the way things are over there. Because I, like obviously it happened a few weeks back when Liverpool were playing Barcelona and Coutinho and Suarez were on that Barcelona team. And like when Suarez was celebrating like hardcore, like there were so many Liverpool fans who were upset. And I understand like the being respectful to the club that you got there. But like, I honestly, I was not one of those people who cared about that at all. I re- yeah, I really don't care. Like if you score, celebrate. Like, who like cares? it just didn't, it didn't bug me. Like if we, if we were dumb, like if we were not able to stop you, like whatever, like we were like, oh, it was excessive. It wasn't that excessive. I really wasn't that upset about it. Like if, oh. if I scored against a team that I used to play for, like, I, you know, even like whether it's in a joking manner or like for real manner, like I'm going to like go off about it, you know? See, I probably wouldn't, but I don't care that people do. Yeah. Well, especially like it's something that's something as important as like the Champions League. Like, I'm, like yeah, semifinals. Like somebody, you're going to get that work even if you don't want it. Yeah. Like, no, I totally understand. I was not like, like again, like it's, it's just one of those things if the, if you if you're not on that team anymore, like you should be passionate about the team that you're playing for. That that's very true. And I want to get into something um, before we get into our interview this week. Uh, we at the beginning of the year set up a group text uh, on the app Group Me. If you have the app and you're listening to this and you want to get involved, because maybe sometimes Wednesday nights at 9:30 p.m. Eastern time just isn't enough for you, and you want to get some instant dialogue with uh, with a coaching network uh, at Soccer Chat. Uh, just send us a, a message and we'll, we'll get you connected with the link on how to get into this group text. Uh, but Matt Conti got on and um, had a uh, incident that happened uh, with him. I, yeah, I think it was Matt, wasn't it? Yes. Um, oh, goodness gracious. I lost already. Uh, where, uh, yeah, he said thoughts on running the score up to double digits uh, to zero in a high school match uh, or any other age group. Um, and some people chimed in like with what their states have. And I know Michigan has an eight goal mercy rule, but that has to be done in the first half. I know Kentucky has uh you got to have 10 by halftime. Um, and uh, Matt mentioned that, you know, there's still one uh, in Virginia where he lives at, but there are teams who are still going, you know, 13 and 11 to nothing. Um, and some really awesome uh, responses. Uh, some from Sam Fisher, uh, who's, a, who's a good friend of the show. Um, who had mentioned something about Anson Dorrance, which was awesome because Don hopped in uh, and mentioned, you know, actually Anson would not let us run up the score. Uh, 9-0 was the most we could score. Um, and if he said, if you scored the 10th goal, you would never see the field. Um, and very people put in their various um, And, you know, and they, he, Matt too had mentioned, you know, well, it's a playoff game. So that, you know, there's, there's no mercy rule. Uh, and somebody had mentioned, I think in, I think Don, yeah, Don said in Wisconsin uh, at a high school playoff game, it was 19, nothing. Uh, John Burke, uh, one of our good friends up in Michigan, said there was an 18-0 score in the in their playoffs uh, the other night, uh, which allowed like people to kind of go back and forth on it. And I had this like big long um, thing written up because a lot of people were talking about you know you can see both sides of it. You can see where you know if you're you know you don't want to tell your team to to lay off you know uh, or various things, or you don't want to tell you know the other team to to give up. You're trying to get them going and whatnot. And the thing that I kind of had. I had written up um, and I was like, Hey, I, I did like a tease. Like, Hey, I'm going to talk about this on the show. So you guys like, cause I had a long answer. So my thing was I went through a very similar experience. Um, 
coaching my last high school team where we were just scoring crazy, crazy goals because we had a starting 11 that was just top to bottom, one of the best in the state. And, you know, I would tell those guys, because uh, I had a guy who broke the record for a goal scored uh, in a season, you know, I told him, get what you got to get and get it early. And if I could tell, like, you know, if we're banging out goals in the first 10 minutes, I can tell like, okay, this is going to be really, really bad. But where I had a problem with it was, so, you know, when I take those, those starting players out and the scores, gosh, let's say six, nothing, you know, with like 20 minutes in and I put in my JV guys and they're scoring goals too. You can't fault those kids who are trying, who are getting that first time. Like, can, are you getting that varsity time? Like, I'm not going to tell those kids like, Hey, this is your chance time to go in varsity. Don't score. You know, like I, I, I can't, I, th- that's their opportunity to go and like learn and be a part of the older game. Now they also know like they're not going to go, going to go in and, and bang like 10 goals in. Um, but for me, it's just, I, I'm, I'm so torn on it because we never tried to, um score a ton of goals you know all at once but like if it happens it's like okay we're getting the starting guys out uh let's throw this the second rotation in okay those guys are gonna go okay well, let's get the third rotation in um because i don't want to be the person that's like okay I, the one thing i hate the most is when a team gets up you hear them say all right 15 passes before you shoot i think yeah. that's more demeaning than than getting goals scored on you because now you're telling the other team loudly okay now we're just going to play with you and still score on you yeah, I think I mean it's, it's a it's a tough argument. I, that's where I've always been a fan of mercy rules across sports. Like I'm okay with it because I think that it gets to a point for both teams where if a game is that lopsided, it's no longer productive for either team. Yeah, like it's it, for the team that's winning by a lot. It's even getting like you said, it's hard to tell a kid who doesn't get any miss all year. Hey. All the things I'm teaching in practice, you do all those things, except you can't put the ball in the net. Yeah. It's, it's a weird conversation to have. And for that team that is is performing on the other end, like it doesn't feel good to be scored on at that capacity. So yeah. I've always been a fan, and I've said this forever. Like I would implement a mercy rule at the college level. And I feel like I get pushback about that all the time. But like we have played in games since I've been at Monmouth where it's like, no, it's okay. Like it's okay to end the game at this point because yeah. like I we aren't getting anything more out of it. You aren't getting anything more out of it, and that's just how it should end. Because unfortunately, with the way that scheduling happens for the college level, you are scheduling games so far in advance where you have no idea what your class is going to look like. You have no idea where anyone else is going to look like in two years, and so it's impossible to gauge sometimes. Who's going to be like, cause when I got to Monmouth, like our team the year before I got there was like five and 13. So yeah, I scheduled a few teams that were at that level. And like there's teams that have, have like probably did that with us and are better than we are now. And so it's, it's one of those things where it, it's hard to gauge it. And so I've always been a big fan of mercy rules and, and even at the college level, I just think that like, there's a certain point where the, game like it there's so much disparity between certain teams at any level that it's okay to just say like hey this is where we call this game yeah i the 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 other side of it 
for me, and this is, I guess this is logistical, uh, right before we get into our, um, our interview was when I was at, um, in Kentucky, uh, assisting a, a very, very, very good girls program, our average road trip, because most schools, most high schools in Kentucky are solidated, um, or at least the ones that like that we played. So it's like County schools, every road trip that we had was like average an hour and a half. Like we didn't have any, like, I think we had like two games that was like a 25 minute drive, but everything else was like an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Most of them were two hours because there were many times like we didn't get back to like 12 at night and the games where we knew, okay, Hey, here's where the mercy rule is going to come into play. were all games where we were on the road. And so we just drove two hours to play 40 minutes. We're up, you know, 10, we are the thing like, we would do is like, okay, we get to 10 then it's done there. Just pass the ball around. So we we literally would get there, get our 10 quick, and then halftime it'd be over and we go back home. So that I mean a two hour drive to go play 40 minutes. And that like that's that's not fair to anybody. No. And like but, so I, and I and I don't know how to how do you prevent that? I mean, other than like it can't be that because you can't schedule that team because I, if I remember correctly, I don't know if it's still this way, but the time that we were um that I was there was in Kentucky for high schools you had to play all the teams who were in your region because they don't have conferences. Um, so you had to play every team that was in your region that you could possibly play in the state tournament. So it's yeah, teams. I mean, so it's teams that you have to play. Like there's no like getting out of it. Yeah. I, but like, again, like I don't think there, especially with this, there's no way to please everyone. Like yeah. it, it's just, it's one of those things where you're going to, no matter what decision you make on it, you're going to upset someone. And it's just, it, it's trying to find the best option for the most people. Yeah. So you know what the best option for most people is, is to listen to our guests this week. We're going to travel back into time. We're going to go back to Chicago to the convention for part two, round two, whatever you want to call it with our great friend, the good brother. We got it all. We got, got all it the, all. Got all the platforms going. I'm sure my. Uh... How we doing, Lynn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got sort of, you know, I actually think I've got something of value to say. I don't know why, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best coaches I know. Yeah. One of the smartest coaches I know. 
Lynn is our uh, CEO of our association. Oh, that's nice. All United yeah. Soccer. Oh, oh, it was nice to meet you. I'm Nick Rizzo. Big Hi, this is Nick and Sean. Nice and Sean Soderling. Nice, nice to meet you as well. I like that bag. Those colors are sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. That, like that's a sweet bag. Like yeah. I, I, yeah. I think more people need to get on those. Yeah, no, no. This is like exclusive. This is exclusive. Yeah. That makes sense because it yeah. looks so good. They're actually last year, so I just haven't let it wear out. Yeah. I was on the board before I came CEO, and Randy was my president at one point. That's right. That's right. Talking well. Hey, yeah. How are you doing? Well, need a pop socket talk? for your phone. No, no problem. You're right. I need a pop socket. There you go. Yeah, you need some koozies. You know? For your good. bottle. I'll see you at the luncheon tomorrow, too. Good. Yeah, good. looking forward good. to it. Good nice meeting you guys. Yeah. Good All night. All right. Let's do this. We're live here on Facebook. I like the countdown. I do. It yeah. helps out. <laughs> All right. So here we are. The months in the making. You've heard the advertisements. We are here with the good brother, the University of Pittsburgh women's coach, Randy Waldrum. Coach, thank you so much for coming back on our show. Sean, thank you. And, and Nick Bo for having me. I enjoy it. And, and, and like I told you earlier, the work you guys are doing is fantastic. So I, lo I love the show. So I appreciate you having me on. We, we absolutely appreciate it. We, we claim that you know, a lot of people say, man, Soccer Chat has risen in popularity and whatnot, and it's honestly, your show did it for us. <laughs> well, you're, that's very kind. I, I find that hard to believe, but that's, that's really well, kind. And I'll tell you why, because we, we get told this all the time. That we've already heard it so many times today. Is so many people said that from your show, you know, because we try, it's not that we're trying to normalize people. It's like we've said, like you're just a guy like us, yeah. learning, coaching. Uh, we all can learn something from each other. And how open you were to our listeners, to our people on Twitter uh, who have reached out to you and that you reached back to them and helped yeah. them out, that it made people just go, oh, you got to listen to this guy. You got to listen yeah. to this guy. And that's really the train that kind of got uh, Soccer Chat going was the good brother. Well, I, I appreciate that. And, I, and it, wasn't I'm easy, it wasn't easy that day. We had to yeah. go through like... How many times do we have to get everyone to sign on and everything? Yeah. It, was a, it was a long task that Saturday, but it was, yeah. it was well worth it, well worth it. Well, I appreciate it. I think that's part of the excitement of something like this convention where everybody can come together. And, you know, at the end of the day, you can compete on the field against each other all you want, and you can have that kind of like or dislike for your competition. But at the end of the day, we're really all in this together. Oh, yeah. We're trying to, all of us, you guys, everybody else at this convention, we're just trying to make the game better. And uh, I've always been blessed. I think I told you on the show last time is with great mentors and people that really helped me. And so every time anybody asks, I'm, I'm always happy to help in any way I can. So, uh, but you guys, credit to you because the show wouldn't keep going if it wasn't <laughs> one, the job you guys were doing as well. Well, I think it's like you said, like it's all about we all can learn from each other. And that's yeah. uh, that was a comment I got earlier from somebody who said, you know, how cool is it that a Division One head coach with national championships who's coached at the international level can take something from any one of us and turn that into his own and how you were so accepting of that the last time we had talked to you. Uh, and the last time we talked to you had just been announced as the University of Pittsburgh coach. Yeah. And first season done, out of the way. Right. What, uh, what kind of update can you give everybody uh, on season? You know what? We've, we're loving it there. I mean, the city, first and foremost, the city of Pittsburgh has been phenomenal. There's, there's so much to do. And it's such a great city and um, uh, you know, great place to raise kids and that kind of thing. And, and so we're really enjoying the city. Uh, our athletic director, Heather Like, has been phenomenal. And, and, and her vision for uh, not just Pitt women's soccer, but for all of our sports. Because uh, quite frankly, if we're, we're being honest, uh, Pitt for years has been down uh, in most of their sports in the ACC. And so I think she's really come in and her, she's been here you know, about two years now. And I think her vision is what inspired me to take the job. And uh, she's really turning everything around. So as far as our program itself, 
you know, it was a difficult year because we kind of came in in January last year. Signing day was in February, so you really didn't have a chance to bring your own players in. So we went a lot with the players that were currently there. And, and listen, in, in fairness and in credit to those players, they bought into what we were trying to do. They're great kids. They're committed. They they try and they, they try to do the things that we, we've asked them to do. But quite frankly, it was, you know, it was a long year because we just – the talent that was there um, it's just not where it needs to be for yep. the ACC so that's nothing about them as people or no, as players and there's a, places for all of those players to play oh, yeah. but in us being brought in to kind of change the program and make it nationally competitive um, you know we've got to bring in a lot so we'll be bringing in 20 new players this year which is a lot it's almost like starting over and I think there'll be five or six or seven of the players that are currently with the team that will kind of are good enough to stay and play at the level that we were shooting for. And then we're, you know, our job is to help the other ones find a place yep. that can play. And that's, it's always hard when you transition. You guys know this. Oh, yeah. When you've got to let players go or, yeah. you know, you've got to say you don't fit in our plans. That's the bad part about coaching. Um, but I think at the end of the day, we just try to get the players to understand it's not about you as a person. Yeah. It's about where we're headed and we want you to have good experience. And, you know, the bad thing would be to keep players that can't help us yep. for three or four years and then never get to play a minute or never travel. Yep. So, you know, we're, it's not a negative, although players will take it that oh, yeah. way. Yeah, but in reality, we're really trying to help them find places to play. But we're excited. The future looks really good. We'll be very young next fall, but uh, we'll be, be much, much improved talent-wise. So I, I do have to hear because I just thought about this. On our uh, convention preview show we did that released this morning, we had mentioned your session that you were doing, and we told Nick about how that would be such a great session for him to go to since he needs to start working on set pieces <laughs> and corner kicks. Could you, for everybody, give Nick a little synopsis or a little uh, a preview of what your session was like? Well, what I did today, I think anytime that coaches do set piece practices, you know, usually the day before a game, so it's light, you only keep them there about an hour. But what I find when I go watch coaches work, and even as a young coach when I would do it, you find that you're working with, uh, say, on corner kicks, you're working with your attacking team and how you want to set them up. Yeah. You put some defenders in there. But if you're not in that starting group that's working, the rest of the players are kind of just standing around watching, uninspired. They're not into it. They, they lose their focus and that kind of thing. So what I did today is I just tried to show a way to keep all of your players engaged on those set-piece days. So I took a... I took it in three parts of the field, and basically what I did is I worked with the technical and, and the functional piece of a player that's serving the corner, and then I took the offensive players, and we put them in certain runs. It wasn't really concerned so much of what runs we were making. I just did some generic runs. And so we had a group on the one end of the field in front of the goal working on just the quality of the service and the runs, and then we worked on the finishing part of those runs, you know, how to head the ball, when to flick it, when to skim it, when to attack it, you know, those kinds of things. The middle third of the field, I took another coach, and those players that would typically be your defenders at midfield, you know, those couple of players that you leave back to, to eliminate the counterattack, I put those players at midfield, and I had a coach from about 30 yards away that would, would um, serve a long ball into those two players, and there was one attacker that would put pressure. So those two players had to learn to uh, get the ball settled quickly and then play it down the line into an open goal, small goal. Yep. So they're working on 
what would simulate in a game, a ball gets played in for the corner, it gets cleared out long, and everybody's coming out. And now those players at midfield that pick up the ball, they play the ball wide to recycle it. And in the last third of the field, I had those players that you would put at the top of the penalty area for that second ball out. You know, you hit the corner, and now the second ball drops kind of at the top of the box. So I, I worked with those two players on hitting all kinds of different services. And then I put a couple of defenders in that box as well. So when those players would hit the shot, then I would throw a ball out to one of those two defenders, and I would have them run the ball out 15 yards to simulate a counter. Because those two players' jobs on the attacking side are not only to finish that second ball that drops out, but if the other team counters, they're there to stop the counter. So we showed how you could help them work on both the finishing but also being switched on to eliminate the counter. And then we put the whole piece, all the whole thing together. And so what we would get is we'd get a corner kick in with the runs and we'd put some defenders in, attackers and defenders. The corner, whatever happened, the shot, the goal, whatever, then the, the balls dropped to one of those two at the top of the box and they hit a shot through traffic. And then we'd serve a long ball out to those two center backs who would now play the ball wide. And once that long ball was served, that was a cue for all the defense to come out. So our forwards would have to come out and re- reorganize their runs, and the ball would get played wide for a new service. So it involved everybody, and it's a way of keeping your team, everybody engaged. You know, Because I think if you've got a lot of players standing around yeah. on set-piece day, oh, yeah. they drain you of your energy, and it's the day before the game when you yep. really need to be sharp, and yes. it needs to be tight and... and and it, you know, you, how many times you walk away from that day going, that practice was really pretty yeah. lethargic. It yeah. really wasn't, they didn't have the tempo that I wanted. So that's kind of in a nutshell what we did today. I think the more I've watched higher level practices like those, the functionality of something like that is awesome. Yeah. Where it's very individualized, it's very like the kids that like, because how often do you think people are actually training the ball out to the three center backs, right. getting in and playing? Like it happens yeah. almost every corner kick. Yeah. But like the amount, I've, I don't think I've ever trained yeah. it. Like it, yeah. it's something to really think about. Yeah, everybody on your team's got a role. So even though they're not in the box to take the corner, they're still engaged in the game because, the, as you said, the ball is going to come out. <laughs> so now they need to know what to do with it when it comes out. You know, do they just dump it back up the middle of the field, which is what a lot of teams do, or yeah. do you want to play the ball out wide and recycle the ball and the runs and those kind of things? So, you know, we just tried to make it a functional training where every part of the field was covered with what the roles were for those players. And I hope it went well. You know, I, we, had, we had some good feedback, and I'm sure there's some that walked away going, oh, that wasn't, that wasn't so good. <laughs> but, set pieces. Yeah, but, uh, but hopefully it, it, it seemed to go well, and, uh, uh, you know, I enjoyed doing it. We were trying to get Nick a sideline VIP pass so he could be right <laughs> they're, there they're on the like, field. Hey, they're like, can we get him a chair? Well, I could have put him on the field to help, <laughs> me, help, me, help me run it, you know. I, I, I grabbed, I used our two assistants, Dustin Stein and, and Ben Waldrum, and then uh, – I grabbed one more coach, Felix Oscom from Southwestern University, to come in and help me because I had it in three parts, you know. So yeah, I could have grabbed you and thrown you in there, there. and you would have totally learned. I would have yeah. made my day. Yeah. I would have been like, it probably would have been useless. I would have just been watching Randy the entire time. Like, yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. Oh, I should be watching the audience. Yeah. 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 <laughs> my goal is still to have Nick show up at one of your training sessions when you're working on set pieces. Yeah. So he can take it back to his team and go, okay, we're doing we're it done. this year. Right. Well, we're doing you, it. you know what? And the interesting part about it, when you do get to the higher levels, you guys know so many goals are scored oh. on set pieces. I, I, I always I went back when we won the championship in 04 and I went back when we won it in 10. Yep. And just looking at the tournament run, we found in those that, that stretch of those tournament games, 
that uh, about 25% of the goals we scored were off set pieces. And, and four of those goals were game-winning goals. Yeah. So it's it's advancement, you know, so you've got to put time in. Because tactically, teams typically neutralize each other at that point. You've exactly. seen every team yeah. for that, yeah. so yeah. many games at that point. So like, tactically, yeah. both teams are going to know what the other's trying to do when the ball's right. in the, in the yeah. play. It's yeah. when it's out of play. That's when right. It and when you get a chance for it to be dead, yep. and you get to set something up, you yep. need to take advantage of it. So, yeah, I think it's, it's a really, really big part of the game. And I think as coaches, sometimes we don't put enough attention to it. As the, uh, let's see, we, will, we will refer to you as the uh, master of the ceremonies here at uh, United Soccer Coaches Convention <laughs> in Chicago. Uh, you know, you've, you've been to so many, and, and, you know, it changes from year to year. What is some of the improvements that you've seen the convention has made since your time of being involved uh, that you think really helps out with uh, growing the game, especially within coaching? Well, you know, I, I was the president in 08, and I was talking to you guys a little bit before the broadcast here, but... You know, back um, in that time frame in 08, everything that was at the convention that the folks see now, we had back then, um, but it was all done by volunteers, and it took a lot of work. You're basically planning a year just for these three or four days yes. a week. And, um, you know, and I think the uh, the office of back then, the old NSCAA, and now the United Soccer, uh, was kind of um, run like a mom-and-pop organization. Yeah. And so we made some changes, and, and fortunately or unfortunately, that a lot of those changes happened on my watch. Um, but I'm proud of it because what we did is we brought in at the time Joe Cummings, and and um, you know, and now we, we have Lynn Burling Manuel that's doing a great job. But Joe at the time brought his business acumen in, so uh, it became more um, uh, a business approach instead yep. of just soccer coaches running it, right? And I think the the thing that we've seen out of that is now. From a financial standpoint, it's really helped our association. We have money in the bank, which we're not operating month to month anymore. And what that does is that opens a possibility to bring in even better clinicians, better exhibitors, uh, to come to more cities than we're used to coming to. And as you guys can can see here, it's 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 a first class uh, operation, and it's finely tuned. I mean, no, it, I mean it runs. It it's clockwork. I oh. mean, it is. It is. They they've got it down. So. All the folks here that are responsible for putting this together, and there's too many to, to mention, but they do an amazing job. Our, many people don't know our coaches association is the largest coaches association in the world. Yep. You know, in all the sports. So um, we're really proud of the product. But I see now, with all the new technology and things that's coming out, I mean, you know, we didn't have an app in 2008 yeah. oh. <laughs> to show us, you know, schedule changes and how to get around. It's and useful. It's, it's very really useful, <laughs> you know. So even seeing the new technology and how we're we're more up, we're more business savvy now as an organization, uh, and it's just made things run so much uh, more smoothly here. And and then I think the fact of there's just really good people involved in our sport, yeah. you know. So there's so many people that are willing to give of their time and help each other out and. That's the part I love about it, you know, is, is reconnecting with a lot of those guys and, and ladies that uh, have meant so much to the game. What's been uh, something that, uh, you know, when the schedules all come out, because even though you're a presenter, you're still involved in, in going and checking out sessions yeah. and some lectures. What was something that stuck out to you that you were like, I have to make sure I get to that? Well, uh, so far. Other than our show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that was the most important one. I want to make sure I found yes. you, number one, and then obviously I, I, I wanted to get a chance to meet right you Right when you showed up, hand. I was starting to text you, hey, yeah. this is where we're at, and then all of a sudden you were there. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Well, if you get to know me and my team will tell you this, I'm to a fault. If I'm going 
wherever I'm going, I'm always early. I, you know, I, I go early. And I, I, we went when I was in Houston coaching the Dash. A little side story when uh, Man United, obviously, I'm a big Man United fan. When they played Man City in NRG Stadium, you know, we're there an hour before. So you, we're, as soon as they open the gates, we're there and we're sitting in the stands and everybody I'm with looking around going, really? I mean, we have to be here this early. <laughs> I'm going, yeah, but you're here early. You can get your yep. concessions. You can go to the bathroom. We're not fighting. Cr- you know, so I'm, yeah, I, my kids would tell you, too. I'm, I'm, I'm bad about that. So I made sure I came over early enough to know where you guys were. But, um, you know, there's a couple of sessions I really want to see. I, I just got back from watching the, the 1v1 session that the gentleman from Celtic put on, and, and, and that was really good. I want to try to see Shellis uh, Heinemann. He's a... a kind of a mentor and a very dear friend of mine so I'm certainly looking forward to seeing his session uh, as well and, and uh, you know in, in all seriousness I did look forward to coming and seeing you guys too because uh, it makes us feel really good you, you guys, no, and, and that's like I said I think you guys have done a wonderful job and I keep up with all of you guys uh, you know blogs and podcasts and everything else that you're doing and uh, so th- those are some of the things I'm looking forward to tomorrow I've got a, um, a past president and, and current president and uh, honor award members we had, we do a special luncheon for those that have kind of done that and so that's always gives me time to go back and see a lot of people that a lot of the young folks you know I look here now at the convention and I'm I'm kind of the older guy now you know? <laughs> and, and it almost seemed like it happened overnight I was always one of the young and up and coming coaches and then all of a sudden I woke up one day and go wait a minute I'm not look at all these young folks you know and so a lot of the young coaches that we're seeing even walking in front of us now you don't have no idea about the real history behind it and all the people that put time in to make this thing grow to the association it is. So that past president luncheon and things I, I look forward to because I get to really we all get to kind of sit down and appreciate where we've come from. I mean, like the story that you just told, not, like, yeah. I wouldn't, how would we have any idea? Like, yeah. like we were, yeah. I was a player at that yeah. point. And so no. it's cool. Like it's this, and again, just to see what you guys have done to make it what it is right now. It's, it's run super well. And yeah. I mean, it's been a ton of fun, but one of the questions I did want to get to, we had a former guest that was a, a play, player of yours and she, uh, we asked her for uh, Haley Carter. Okay. And uh, she, uh, we asked her for any cool rainy yeah. stories. Um, and she uh, she had a, she had one on the show, but then the one she wanted us to ask you about on the show this weekend was uh, her her at an airport. She said there was an airport story with uh, her mom as a as an agent. I think it was her aunt. Oh aunt. yeah, yeah. I showed up at uh, the airport for the team to fly out, and and, and Haley, you know, was a kind of a practice player, of yeah. course, with the dash, and uh, so she obviously, you know, not being a roster player, she wasn't traveling with us. And hey, guys, congrats on the job. Good to see you. I'll catch up. How we doing, coach? Good to see you. I'll, I'll catch you in just a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Sorry about that. No, guys. no, yeah. yeah, so we're, this is why you could be president of the United States. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can clearly talk to the people and do it at the same time. So, so we stopped. Uh, we get to the Houston airport for the team to get ready to fly out, and, and uh, the t- one of the TSA agents came up, and that, you know, like, hey, are you are you, uh, are you Randy Wall? You need to come back with me. The back room, and like. Oh my God! Like, what, what, you know, what did I do? And that lady proceeds. She's going to take me to the back room, and I'm thinking, like, am I on some terrorist watch list? Or what, what's happened here? But it, it come to find out, it was Haley's aunt, and, and uh, you know, she, she had a good laugh at my expense with it. But she uh, had nothing but awesome things to say yeah, about you. Like, she, absolutely nothing but awesome things to say. About she, you. She's a really good person, and I think one of the things there is, um, you know, for the league, for the NWSL to go, since our rosters were small. You needed practice players yeah. too, and you know she's one that um, put everything she had into it. She just wasn't and embraced her role and yeah. embraced her role. And she understood she wasn't at the level of 
playing with the team on the roster, but you know she was always there, always at practice, and and was good for the team. And I think the players uh, enjoyed having her on. And you know we had a few of those kind of players with it. So uh, Haley's a good up and coming young lady that I think is going to you know have a bright future in the game. And um, uh, you know done a lot of good work over in Afghanistan with Kelly Lindsay, yep. who's also a former player of mine. Yep. Kelly Lindsay, the the head coach there. So. Um, yeah, so she does a does a really good job. I think it, for us when we were talking to her, it spoke volumes to like who you were as a coach and a person. Where like, like again, she didn't play for you. Like right. she did, right. but she didn't. And right. like that, how well she spoke of you. Like because yeah. typically, you, like you, the players that aren't playing, right. they don't love no, the coach. That's right. like, they don't love the coaches, and so yeah. just the way that she like was able to speak about you, I think speaks volumes both about her as a person, yeah. but also about you. It was a really cool story, yeah. like to able to talk to her about that it was pretty sweet. Yeah. Well, you know, I've got a lot of time for Haley, just also for the fact that I'm still, I don't get into politics, and I don't tweet about it, and I don't pick sides, I trump this, or anti yeah. I'm not into any of that. I keep my opinions on that yeah. to myself, but I, I love our country. You know, my dad was in the military, so I, I, I always respect those that serve their country yes. in some oh, way. Absolutely. And so she'll always have my ear for that, you know, just for her service there and what she's gone through as a, as a soldier for us, oh, you know, yeah. helping us all do what we do. Yeah. What made her so unfireable that you could not cut her no matter what you did? <laughs> well, I, I think at that point, you know, when you get somebody that you see wants it so badly and that it means so much to them just to be a part, like I'm willing to do anything. And, uh, I mean, literally, I don't know if she told you, on the first day of the tryouts, I was going to cut her loose. She did tell us And that. she's kind of like, you're not cutting me. I'm yeah. staying, you know. She said her quote was, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, you were like, she, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm going, okay, you wanted that bad. And so, you know, but the good thing about it is you're able to sort of right up front, here's where you are, here's where you stand, and this will be your role in the team. And, and uh, you know, you you don't find a lot of people that are willing to make a lot of sacrifice nowadays. They want to just get it done or they want to hand it to them. Yep. And so I've always got time for players who are willing to say, hey, if that's my job, I'll fight till I can try to earn my way on uh, your roster. And if not, I'm here to support and help the team any way I can. And, and also, I, too, I think it was good for her to have that on her resume yeah. as well. So yeah. there's benefits to her. And, you know, for being a part of it as well. But, um, you know, she was just at that point was was good for the team and, and uh, you know, there's no reason to, to say no to her. She did mention that uh, Carly Lloyd cannot score on her. <laughs> yeah, she, that's that's kind of her, her her claim to fame, and she'd always let Carly know that. Too, you know? <laughs> I would too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, like, you uh, see me four-string goalkeeper? Yeah, yeah, you can't score on me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's, she was pretty good about John with the players a little bit, you know, <laughs> when, when, when she was you making a stop, so, yeah. Now, she also claimed that she hated the fitness sessions of everything, but because of her time in the forces, yeah. the fitness sessions were just normal to her. Yeah. And seemed that the, uh, the teams were always like, Oh, Haley's into it yeah. because she can do it. She's like, I never finished first, yeah. but I always made sure yeah. to finish. She got through it. I, w- I would say, uh, politically, I'll put it this way, fitness was not <laughs> Haley's strong point. I right? think she would agree with yeah. that. <laughs> so we'll, we'll put it that way. But, uh, you know, she never opted out and uh, and said, hey, I'm just a practice player. I'm not running this today or whatever. You know, she, she, she would put the work in. She's not afraid of hard work. The Swiss gears to you for a little bit for last bit. Anything fun coming up this spring? Like, are you excited to get the girls back, or is it like, is it more for you? Like, is, is there anything fun coming up for you? Yeah, I, I think you know for the spring season, since we know we're making so many changes yeah. for the fall, the spring will be more geared for us to just develop those individual players yep. uh, that we know will be back, and um, so it won't be as much team training as it will be just individual development. Uh, I'd like to try to get overseas uh, on a couple of trips, you know, 
looking at some recruits. We've got a, a girl in Sweden that we're looking at, and a girl in Germany that we're looking at, and a girl in Russia we're looking at. So I'll probably have a Nick, little you bit. You need of, to follow him and get the yeah. other players he's not looking yeah. at in those countries. Right, yeah, so like the, he's taking those. I'll take all the ones that he's not. <laughs> yeah. So I'm probably going to be overseas a few times this spring, which you know I always love to, to travel overseas and uh, and see the different cultures and things. And a few of those are places I haven't been to, so so that'll be fun. But um, you know, other than that, it's just the grind and getting ready for the fall season, and um, you know, go from there. What's it been? Uh, yeah, every year as coaches, we no matter how long you've done, there's always something that you learn about yourself. Yeah. And especially in a new season with a new team, new school. Was there something that you found this year that you learned about yourself as a coach? Well, I think the biggest thing is it, it, it brought me back to uh, my days at Baylor when I started that program brand new and realizing even how much more communication you have to have with your players and even your staff because there's so many things to do as you're trying to change the way it was done with the old regime. And I think at Notre Dame, for example, when I was there, we just had it rolling. You know, it was a machine. We had everything was set. So you just kind of, you could almost walk through the, you know, the process because yep. you just knew on this day, this is what you were doing on that day. And and the players even kind of were to a point, the older players just kind of let the young players know this is how we do things, yep. you know. And here we didn't have that because for all, all of our players, it was all new. Yep. So, uh, and even the staff, you know, the staff is new for us. Although Ben worked with me at Notre Dame for four or five years. Um, but uh, he's been away for a while and, and now back, and so catching him up to speed. And then Dustin Stein is new for us, so this is all. So it's all new. So just uh, getting back into the understanding of we, you know, not only on the field is just how we got to do things, but off the field we got to set the core values of our team again and kind of set the bar and the standards in your fitness and your nutrition and all those things. So it's really uh, opened back up to where. I've got to be out there more and more visible and seeing, you know, where it's like I said, at Notre Dame, we kind of had it, this assistant handled that, this assistant handled that, and, and it, I didn't have to do as much. My, my dealings could be with the players, you know, and, and now just realizing I had to go back, and it's kind of like starting all over brand new again. Was there a moment in the season where you told yourself the players have bought in, like they're into what we're trying to do? You know what, I actually felt like when we got there last spring in January, I felt like pretty much immediately they bought in. And I think probably two or three reasons for that, Sean. I think one of them was, uh, I would hope one of them was that we've got a guy that's done it. You know, yeah. so we need to listen because he's, he's shown he knows what he's talking we've about. We've Googled him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I hope that was part of it. But I think the other piece of it was um, the team before had such a negative way of playing where it was a very very just sit in and defend and try yeah. to keep it close because we don't have the talent of the other teams yeah. and what I did when I came in is I took the approach knowing that we would lose yeah. a little bit but I said we're going to try to play attacking soccer yeah. and make it entertaining uh, because we have an obligation to the women's game to get people in the stands yes. and they don't want to see you sit for 90 minutes yep. and we have an obligation to you to go ahead and start learning how we want to play because I felt like this year I could have easily stayed defensive yep. and probably had better results, but next year then I would have to start all over on the attacking Correct. side. So I've at least got a year of the attacking side, a season of the attacking side under our belt now, and so we'll go into next fall already kind of having an idea how we want to play. Although it's only going to be six or seven players to help us send the message, but um, I felt like that part the kids bought in because they, gosh, you want to score goals and you yeah. want to attack. Vodko, how are you? Draft go good? Yeah, it was good. Fantastic. Yeah. 
Good. Good deal. How's it going? So, um, That's so the I, best part about this being live is yeah. people walking up and saying hello yeah. to everybody. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I think they, they bought in pretty quickly. So I'd say last spring they actually actually bought in in the spring. So I felt like they were ready. They were ready for the change. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And, like, where do you, like, where, what's your goals and visions over the next four years for this team? Like, Well, you know, I, I think the biggest, the goal for us, obviously, is to become nationally competitive. Yep. And by that, I mean we need to be a top 25 team. Yep. You know, and, and, I, and, and I'd say that, too. We want to be that with the consistency that we had at Notre Dame. We don't yep. want to be top 25 one year and then graduate our kids and the next year takes us two more years before we're back we've got to establish that program of excellence so we're there every year some years we may go deeper in the tournament than others but we need to do that so that's the goal and i think all of that at the college level starts with recruiting first and foremost you know pep Guardiola could be here talking to you and if he doesn't have the players he has he's not going to get the results that he's having right now you know so and we all understand that so it's all really about players and recruiting we're already three years in our, our, our 19 class our 20 our 21s we're very deep and pretty much got most of those classes finished so on paper assuming they continue to develop these next couple of years as they have we're going to be really good over the next three years and we'll see this thing really start to grow so the goal is you know we don't walk in and say we want to win a national championship yeah. because we're not ready to have that goal but we will have the goal of making our first NCAA tournament, getting our first national yep. ranking, and then building on that a little bit. And we'll take our goals those next three years step by step. But the biggest thing is we've got to, we, we had to change it pretty quickly, and that's why we're bringing so many in this fall so we can start that process with a young team. And, and then I think the other thing is setting our standards and our expectations for our players, you know. And, you know, I think a lot, for example, the kids that we had when I took the job, I think in some ways they felt like they worked hard yeah. But when we did the fitness test, we saw they were really, really low. And we're going, no, this is the expectation. And they're looking at it like, well, what? You know, I can't get to that. You know, they just, but they, nobody ever required them yeah. to get more out of themselves. So there's a lot of those kinds of things we have to change and, and raise the bar and the expectations on our players. Well, I, was, I was actually talking to someone about this earlier because we had a bigger refreshment this past year. And our, our top, our seniors weren't great at fitness. Yeah. And so the problem is the freshmen thought they were working at 100% because right. they saw a person working at 60%. Yeah. And it's like, well, if I'm working more hard than them, it, it feels like it's, yeah. it's like probably closer to 75. Yeah. So exactly. it's, it's a tough battle. Like, and you get, yeah. like, once, once you get the group that's ready to actually yeah. do all that stuff, that, right. and like sometimes starting, like you said, with 20 new freshmen, like, that's that's the way to like, that's the best way to do it because then yeah. they're everything you tell them is right. the, the thing they know. Well, you know, I think I told you this on the last show, but you know, we we try to work hard to get our players out of their comfort zone, and I think the players thought they were working hard, so this the hard work for them. They'd get to a certain point, and that's kind of where it stopped. They'd shut down yep. because this is. I feel like I'm pushing myself, and they don't realize there's a long way to go that they can push himself out of that comfort zone and sometimes you have to teach a player what it feels like yeah. the hard work I mean honestly it sounds crazy but you know they think that they've worked hard for their club or for their college and 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 they don't realize that the bar is a lot higher but you got to push them into that to get them to go oh that's what that feels like yep. you know I mean I thought I was working hard but this is a whole different level and more you can get them outside that comfort zone and get them to that next level, the more you'll start to make progress with your team. Your story reminds me of um, a conference uh, rival. Not so much a conference rival, but their football team. 
David Cutcliffe, who's at Duke with the yeah, football team. Right. And I'll never forget the first time uh, that he took him to a bowl game. Yeah. And they get, they put the cameras in the, the locker room before the game. And he said, you know, a lot of people ask me when I took this job. I've coached the Mannings. I've been at Tennessee. I've yeah. been at Ole Miss. Why Duke? And he said, you know, I wear this Duke football hat everywhere I go. He said, I walk in the hall, I walk through the airports, and people always tell me, they go, Duke football? He said, I look at the same time, the same, every time I say the same thing, I say, hell yeah, Duke football, yeah. because he wanted to build something that hadn't been done there in a while. Yeah. So I see a lot of what you're doing yeah. kind of replicate from yeah. what he's doing of, hey, yeah. we're buying in early, right. we're taking these, what's happened in the past, happens in the past, this is the now, yeah. and this is where we're going to get to because we're going that way. Yeah, I think coaches, we have different challenges. You know, like starting a brand new program at Baylor, that was the excitement of building yeah. something new. Yeah. Coming here is very similar, although we've had a program for a long time, yeah. but we're almost starting new again. Whereas it was a little bit of a different challenge at Notre Dame. We took a program that had already won a national championship and we said, we got to make it even better. Yeah. You know, and so it was a different kind of a challenge, but that's why we all do what we do, yeah. right? You guys want to do, you're always putting yourself out there to, to do a better pro, you know, broadcast every time and, and with your team. Well, we try. try. We try. try. <laughs> you're trying to do those things too, and that's what we're in this business for. You know, we're, that's the way we're, we're competitors and we want to, uh, to, to challenge ourselves and push ourselves as coaches too. And, since I'm too old to get out and play anymore, I can, uh, you know, this is where I get my fix, you know, is, uh, the competitiveness with my team. We're going to get a really super small side of game, and we're going to let Randy sit in the yeah, middle. Yeah, we're just, just going to pass him the ball yeah, let him connect. Operate in the I, pen circle. I, I can do that. I can still distribute it. I can hit you and, and, and play you in as long as I don't have to run and chase it a lot. So yeah. of, of the guests we've had, Randy yeah. and George, hey, Jay, have both said, sit yeah. them both in the middle yeah. and just let them distribute. Yeah. So they'll be gotta, the guys in the middle. we got to put them on different teams, and they'll just be their That's mini right. battle. We'll <laughs> we'll offset each other. Just don't ask us to press. All right, we're not pressing anybody. We're just yeah. around you. Yeah, exactly. I'm not pressing anybody. Yeah, That's yeah, not happening. Yeah, I don't do that. Yeah. So we do. We do have some questions for right. you uh, from some of our listeners. And okay. uh, Tristan Tilt wanted to know two part. He said, "What's your favorite coaching memory and why?" You know what? I, I've I've kind of changed over the years with with this. Um, you know, most people probably go, "Well, you won two national championships, so it's got to be the memories of that." I remember those games. And I remember them well, and I, I remember the feeling, and I remember the plays. I can tell you how we scored. Yeah. I can tell you, you know. So all of those are great memories. I loved my time with Trinidad and Tobago trying to qualify in the World Cup, and I think we talked about yep. all yep. of that last time too. But I think, in all honesty, now I get more great memories when I see what our women have done after they left. You know, I'm, I'm getting now to that point where a lot of those kids that I coached at Baylor and at Notre Dame, they're out. They have their own families. They have their own kids. So I'm seeing them do a lot of things that we tried to talk to them and prepare them for life. Now they're doing with their kids. And I'm getting more excitement and pleasure out of seeing that than I do winning. Now, don't get me wrong. I'd love to win another championship. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we still want to do that. But they're not – that's not the single most thing that stands out in my mind. Now it's kind of like – how everybody's doing and seeing because I can feel good about knowing that how big or how small the piece that I had in their lives that you hope you've had a little bit of impact that you you know that you've helped them become a better person or whatever and so I've enjoyed that because I'm seeing a lot of them now and a lot of them are back into coaching which I'm I'm proud about too to to see that you know that they've got the love of the game so I, I get more satisfaction out of that and his other one was what's it like coaching with your son you know what? It's it's fantastic, and I think one of the things that I've always felt when I put a staff together is my number one um, 
thing that I look at when I'm looking at interviewing staff is loyalty. You know, I, I we can talk about is he a good coach? Can he get on the field? And his X's and O's good? All, all that I can find that and I can teach that. But I want somebody that buys in to my vision of what I think the game should look like and how it should be played. And then you want somebody that's loyal. You know, you don't need an assistant that's talking behind your back to the players yeah. and I don't know why Randy's doing this or you know well, why he he's did doing that, that that would be a bad you know, day. That, that kind of thing so <laughs> so that's been great and uh you know he's been brought up obviously in our home so he knows how I want to play and how I feel I coached him some in, during his youth and um so it's been great having him back he's a unbelievable recruiter and great with the players um, you know, I think if you go went back and looked at our history at Notre Dame, the five years I had him, he was there in our first championship in 04. Um, so I think he came on on maybe 02 or 03, and he was there through about 07. And, you know, we made eight Final Fours in a row while he was there. But I think if you went back and looked, our recruiting classes every year was a top three, top four yep. every year. And, and I got to give him credit for that because he's – He's uh, hit the bushes and gone after it. And he's a big part of why we've been able to bring in so many so quick. He's really done a great job here for us on the recruiting. So he's really, really good at that. And he's good on the field. So, um, And it makes it nice, too, to also have family clothes. Because a lot of our life, you know, he went off at a young age and moved to Denmark and played professionally. So we went around him for that year. And, you know, when he was at college before he went pro, I was at Notre Dame and our season at the same time because I couldn't see him play. And, then after he left Notre Dame and went back to Texas, you know, we're, we're away. And so it's nice to have him back close. And he's got two two kids, so our grandkids, it's nice to have them close uh, again. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So is the is the next generation Walter, Martha, are they ready to? I, I, I hope so. It's, uh, Chloe, his daughter, we've got to uh, get her into soccer and get her going. How old is she? She's, she's, she's going to turn five in a couple okay, of weeks. Okay, so, so it's about that time. So, uh, it's so about between time. my daughter, Quinn, and we, her. We can get them going, put them on a team. Oh, and, my uh, goodness. You know, and, and so uh, we might be, who knows the way the NCAA is going recruiting, we might be signing these players hey. in, in a year or two. You know, it's <laughs> It seems like it's starting that young, but uh, I told my daughter I want you to commit as early as possible. Yeah. Let's get this out of the way. Hey, there you go. But uh, but yeah, so that that's been really nice and and, uh, and great having him and uh, getting him back on board. It'll be the first time Sutherland and Waldron connection. We're going to hear that connection that's a lot that's in, in the future years. <laughs> well, they will be in the same class. It sounds like yeah. Right? So uh, we'll, we'll have to do that. Oh my goodness! And that's still like that's that's a story I tell all the time. Anytime I yeah. talk to people about you, yeah. and I always bring up like you know here you are with the dash. Yeah. We posted this video of our daughter dribbling, yeah. and you're like she's got a contract right that's now. That's right. Yeah, let's so, get her signed. Uh, yeah. And it, it, she's actually super excited. She's going to her first camp this summer. Oh, she doesn't great. know yet. It's her birthday present. Yeah. So we're going to go to first camp. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, hopefully sometime, because we've got family in your area, we want to try to bring her by. Yeah. You guys are doing something. Yeah, and let her definitely. Come out you team. guys come anytime, and uh, love to have her on campus. And get her out to one of our camps one of these days too. the youngest so. visit ever yeah that's five-year-old. right yeah. uh, five-year-old unofficial visit <laughs> yes, yes just, just that, on the clarification that, that's right that's what's right. uh you know you, you kind of talk about with the the rules and like uh legislations all that it's, it's constantly changing yeah and what are some things that are getting ready to happen within subway that maybe you're you're all for because like we said yeah. it, it's constantly changing yeah. the rules change every year the rules change for different sports every year right what is the things that you like that the ncaa is doing going forward well, we need number one. We need to slow this recruiting process down. Yes. It's it's too early. You know, we don't we don't need to be getting a freshman in high school committing because they 
you know, most of the freshmen, they're, they're worried about what clothes they wear to class. They don't to know who they're going the to prom with they, 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 gonna like them. Like. Some of them probably aren't shaving their legs. I yeah. don't know. But it, they're, they're very young, and, and so it's too early. So we just did pass some actual legislation this past year that has slowed that down, whereas in the past we've been able to bring freshmen, sophomores, they could come on campus for an unofficial visit at any time, yep. and they could sit down and we could visit with them in the office. We could take them on a tour. They could spend a night on a player as long as they paid for it. You know, we could, on campus, we could have all the contact we wanted. Well, that rule has now changed, which is a good rule. And, and now, freshman and sophomore, they can still come on your campus, but they cannot have any contact with anybody in the athletic department. Not just coaches, but they yeah. can't go meet the AD, or they can't, you know, go to the, you know, to the alumni association, or those kind of things. So that's the first move in the right direction yep. to slow this down. So now that can't happen until the junior year. Now I think there's going to be a little bit of an issue because we've moved the signing date yep. from yeah. the senior year to the junior year in November. So when our first contact is around August with these kids, that's a quick turnaround yes. to be making decisions on offers and, you know, you've only got a few months. Yeah. And then you got to turn around and get them in on official visits in that junior year. So we can't have any contact. All of a sudden in August we can. And, oh, by the way, our season's starting in August, and yet we got to get some kids on yep. campus for a visit. And so the timing is a little bit off. So I think we'll see some of that getting moved up a little earlier, maybe June or July, yep. where we can start to have that contact so it doesn't get so close to our season. And then I think the next thing that will happen is right now it's slowed it down for the kids to get on campus, but all the coaches still are just they're going to the club coaches. Yep. And they're working through the club coaches, yep. you know. So um, – now I think the next step, and I think it'll be the second phase of this, I think we'll start to see where offers cannot be made through club coaches yep. and things, and, and, and getting that pulled out of the club coaches' hands, which that also needs to happen. They yep. don't need to become agents. They, they've got a job to do to coach yep. their kids. They're not parents. And they don't need to be parents <laughs> or agents and mediators in it. And right now a lot of those club coaches have a lot of perceived power yep. because if they're closer to one, you know, they're closer to Mark down in Florida State or they're closer to Anson at Carolina. You know, I mean, it's there's tendencies. You already know the clubs around the country. You go, I'm not going to get that kid because he's close to this coach yep. or whatever. So we need to take the club coach out of the equation. And I think that'll be the next one that'll be in the second phase uh, that'll be coming up soon. And so I'm, I'm, I'm ready for that. I We did put in a recruiting calendar this, this year that uh, from – middle of December through early January we can't you know uh, go out and recruit so that forced the Disney showcase to change yep. it forced Sanford the ECNL to change date so now they're going on this week which is yeah. a bad time because it's everybody's the leaving tomorrow yeah, yeah it's, it's bad for the convention so that that needs to be reworked but um, I wasn't one personally for a recruiting calendar because what I have found over my time of almost 30 years in the NCAA once you get a rule change it's hard to get it changed back. Yeah. So I would be more for, and, and I understood the other coaches that wanted it. They, they wanted some time where they didn't have to go and over Christmas being yeah. with family. Yeah. But my fear of it is um, if I didn't want to go and I want to be with my family, I just didn't go. Yeah. I would rather have it open yeah. and say we can recruit when, when we want to because we had it open that way, and now we've closed that window. And if we ever decide we don't like it, we're not going to get it back. Yeah. It'll be too hard. So I was always one that just going, you know, if I need to be time away with my family, I'm just I'm not going to go recruit at that yeah. time, you know. And, and uh, But, you know, it's, it's a democracy, and you get outvoted on those things. And, uh, and so we do have a recruiting calendar now as well. I haven't heard much on the women's side because you, you hear a lot of it now with Sasha on the, yeah. on the Maryland side. 
from the women's side standpoint, what's your thoughts on the split season yeah. playing uh, play two two seasons in one year? Here's my take on it, and I'm disappointed in our women's coaches. And I'll be real honest with you on that because we did some surveys even back when I was in Notre Dame when these discussions first started about the split season. I remember being in the meeting when he introduced it. The women's coaches are not for this split season. The men's... It was, it was like a really... It was like 50-50 where like men's was like 95-5. Yeah. yeah, the men are really in favor of it and I'm pretty sure it's probably going to happen. I think the men are going to get this. I think it needs to happen. And, and I, I'm and I, I think across the board. Too. I, I agree with you totally. I think... As coaches, we're doing our kids uh, an injustice or disservice to cram so many games in a small window. We could spread it out, play once a week. You could still train. There's a lot of reasons to do it. And health, recovery and health. And So there's a lot of reasons. I think in years past, the argument's always been it'll cost more money. Well, then we show where it wouldn't cost more money. And then there's been other arguments about, well, teams in certain part of the country – can't start as early in the spring because of the weather, and I think there's we found that there's ways around that too. So um, I'm for Sash and what he's doing with the men. I wish our women's coaches would get behind it, and I think a lot of the women's coaches aren't behind it also because when they surveyed the players, a lot of the players responded that they didn't want to do it because they wanted the social aspect of the spring. Yep. They enjoyed having a kind of an off-season where yep. they can go and do other things. But I think, um, you know, I, I think that anytime you ask 330 schools, all their players to answer, you've got such a disparity in the levels. Yes. The ones in Division Two or Division Three and your bottom tier Division Ones are always going to outnumber those that are more serious. Yep. So we don't have the numbers of the support and the players. Um, but I think as coaches we need to take the, the role of um, – Leading and not letting our players dictate what's yep. best for them in this They're regard. Kids. And uh, and exactly. So I'm hopeful that what I'm hoping now is since we don't seem like we're forward on the women's side, I'm hopeful that once the men get it, the women will see how it works and then then go. We need to. Do is there this. someone that's on the women's side that's a, as big an advocate as Sasha? No, is, nobody's or? been advocating for it. I think Anson and I have talked several occasions about it and trying to to advocate a little bit for it. Um, you know, some of the men have reached out to some of the us older senior senior women's the coaches. Young and, and it's been, it's been around young it, yeah, that's been around it for a while, um, and I think most of us would support it. I think it's a lot of the younger coaches that have come up through the ranks and haven't had the experience in this yet to really realize why it will, will help. You know, and uh, you know, and honestly, for us, when. We never use the terminology off-season. Yeah. Yeah. Even though in our spring it's, quote, kind of an off-season, we're never off. No. We're still training. You know, yeah. the kids are There's still – they still have to get better. Yeah. There's games in the spring. So we could certainly manage it. So my hope is that when the guys get it in that our people that on the women's side will see, yeah, this is a good idea. And you, you would think, too, like the whole – I know when, when Sasha said it to us all and – the big thing that he was hitting on was player safety. Yeah. Yes. Player safety. Player yeah. safety. You would think, in uh, on the women's side, because yeah. you guys are on the women's side, I'm on the men's side. Right. You would think, especially some, those two words would really mean a lot yeah. and carry weight. Exactly. I mean, when you think about it now, if you get a player that gets an injury, an ankle sprain or a concussion, I mean, if they're out two weekends or three weekends, they missed a third or a half yeah. of their season. Yep, you know, at least four games. Exactly. So you know, to me, it's one of those things of going. This is a no-brainer for a health and recovery standpoint. But then, if you have an injury, you're not missing so many games. And yep. 
and, and, and in this day and age with concussions, yeah. you know, you, you need some time away, and uh, you'll miss a lot of the season if you're getting that. So we are becoming more cognizant of the injury factor, especially with concussions and things like that. But I think this would be the, the biggest selling point, uh, you know, is, is player safety and, and health. And if we're, you know, we talk about this all the time as NCAA administrators and we talk about it as coaches, but if we're really for that, then, then let's seriously consider this. And the other piece of it is if we're really educational institutions, like our conference, we play on Thursday, Sunday. Yeah. Well, we miss Wednesday class, we miss Thursday class, we miss Friday class. We do one game a week and it's on the weekend. You don't have to miss class. No. You can fly out on Friday afterwards yep. and play a Saturday I believe there is a Sunday statistic game. about academic performance if it is moved to the split season, yeah. about how that would significantly better yeah. academic oh, performance. Like, all the studies will show our kids do better in season academically than they do out it's of season. Without fail. They're more, they're more focused. They know it's got to get done. Yep. So um, I think it would be an academic uh, – uh, it would make sense academically to make this move as well. I, I, I just – like I said, I don't understand how – I mean, it was pitched so perfectly. Player safety, academics are going to be up. Why, I mean, why – yeah. Sorry about your social life. You can right. still be social yeah, exactly. during the season, just like you are in the fall. I mean, we all played that, in college. Right. Yep. We all know how to be social during the right. season. Yeah. Now it's just a longer time, but you're healthier while you're doing and it. And you have a 23rd birthday too, like you know, like yeah, 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 yeah exactly. exactly. Life doesn't stop. <laughs> right. Yeah, it doesn't stop right then when you, you finish your last 24 game. 24 maybe <laughs> yeah, when it starts yeah. to die down. Yeah, that's right. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, so I'm hopeful. I'm holding out hope. And it, I think it may take a few of us to get together and really start to push it on the women's side again. Uh, but I do think Sasha's done a fantastic job. He's been a great advocate for college soccer, in, yeah. period, uh, for a number of years. And I'm, I'm happy to, 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 to hear what's going on with that because it sounds like they're very close to getting it done. If you become the main speaker, can we be your advocates for it? Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll we, it, yeah, we will be your marketing we, team. We will, get, we will get it on, and we'll make sure it hits all the platforms that are out there. Yeah, definitely. So that, that's, a, that's a given. We'll, we'll do that if we uh, head in that direction. So sure. as we wrap up here, you know, Commission of the Exhibit Hall is getting ready to open up this evening. Uh, I know we had a request earlier. Someone wanted to know if you will come by for our meet and tweet for a little bit and get our big group picture. We're Absolutely. trying to get the biggest group picture at convention. Okay, where are we doing it? Six o'clock. Uh, six o'clock. Tonight? Yes. Right now. Okay, and it's going to be where? Right, right here in front right of the table. Right here in front. I'll yeah. come back and we'll, we'll make it happen. Yeah. This is you're why gonna, he's the good brother. Me. I don't care what yeah. your brother yeah. says. Yeah. Yeah. You are the good brother. It's going right. to so many of our people's day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. No, for sure. I'd be happy to do it. I'll be back here by six for sure. So, uh, as you know, with Soccer Chat, it's all about networking. People reaching out just like they have to you from the first time we came on yeah. and how odd, like, above and beyond your call to, to reach out to people and, and, and help them out. How can somebody contact you if they're wanting to get hold of you? You know, they can reach me on Twitter, at Coach Waldrum, um, and uh, I'll certainly respond that way. And if we need to do something on a direct message, they can give me a shout to follow, and I'll follow, and we'll, we'll get to them that way. Or they can uh, they can contact me through email, and my email is just rwaldrum at athletics.pit.edu. So I'd happy to, to take – I had a few after the session today that wanted to know if I could send them that session and had some questions. They afterwards. came up and told us. They were like, we just yeah. asked him if we could have the session. He yeah. said, yeah. Yeah, so I'll get in some time later tonight or tomorrow, <laughs> and I'll send it out to them. So reach me through email or on Twitter. 
Um, I haven't figured out the Instagram thing yet. I'm sorry on that one. I'm not on that platform. That's where but, your son comes in. But he'll come in. He can help me with that. And uh, But reach out to me on either of those. I'll be happy to get back. And, and I'm always uh, available to help anyway. Now, we just had uh, one of our uh, our soccer chatters on Wednesday nights, Coach Manthe, that, oh, yeah. he, uh, that uh, Nick has, has joined with. He just gave us the quote that said, you, Coach Waldrum, are such a stud. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that, Coach. I, I appreciate those comments. There will be uh, Coach Waldrum is going to create the new group of stallion coaches. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have our own little club of stallion coaches. Come up with a stunned. criteria for it. Yes. Right now. Okay. Yes, Good. that yeah, is we awesome. Can, we can roll with that. Well, thank you so much for coming on right. with us. And you know, this show for us is special. When we knew that we were going to be here broadcasting live you were the first person we reached out to because we knew uh that you were such a good friend of the show and so many people enjoyed your experience that we had to bring you back again and i think if we can all bet on it i I will say that we will be at baltimore next year perfect and if that is the case come on back with us we'll do it again anytime you need me just give me a shout out i'm always happy to be on awesome awesome that's coach randy waldron from the university of pittsburgh We're here live at the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Chicago. We're being powered by Exact Sports. Check them out online, exactsports.com. If you're a college coach and you're ready for that college-ready player, you got to hit up Exact Sports. They're going to send you to the ID camps and find those players, just like we do, uh, looking for the players who are ready for that chance at college soccer. We're excited. It's the good brother. He's back. He's back. Maybe uh, we'll catch up before uh, the preseason next year. You got it. Thanks, Sean. No Appreciate problem. It. Thank you. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it, guys. I was actually talking to someone about this particular person the other day and I think and again I we've only had the interactions that we've had with Randy so probably I've met him maybe like five times four times you know I, I you know I'm Randy's not here but I'm offended that you just referred to him as this particular person it, oh well like he's a, this very important particular person you were having a conversation with someone about Randy yeah, well, like, it, like I don't put know. some respect on that name. We literally just got done interviewing him, <laughs> kind of. Um, and no, I, I think the the thing that I was what I was telling my friend about this is, I think the reason that I enjoy being around him the most well, there's two reasons. One, he has never big timed anyone. He will never. have a conversation with anyone that wants to have a conversation with him. I mean, but he had a conversation he, with us. Let's think about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, like that—that that will prove to you that he will have a conversation with anyone. But my other favorite thing is he's a nice person, but is also an incredibly competitive person. He toes that line incredibly well. Where it's like he has—he he is an incredibly nice person, but he also knows what he needs to do to be successful, and he's okay with that. And it, it's a difficult line for. I think people who are as friendly as he is to actually tow, and I think he does a really good job with it. Yeah, he. I. That's the one thing I've loved about uh, getting to know Randy is how many people have said from the first time he was on our show, like they took his email that he gave out, and they took his Twitter name, and they reached out to him, and he responds back to him, and like now they have these like electronic conversations going on where he's just helping them out, or maybe they're just they're just catching up, whatever it may be. 
Um, but I think I just think it's absolutely awesome. And I definitely um, want to have a son, Ben, on. We didn't really get to talk to Ben uh, that much while we were in Chicago, but I want to get Ben on for his own show. Give him the light for once uh, yeah. and, and, and let him get his shine. Because now that we've heard the good brother, I think Ben did make the comment, though, on Twitter one time, you should ask Randy's brother if he's actually a good brother. <laughs> um, so maybe Ben will give us the, the details and the secrets uh, behind the good brother, Randy Waldrum, uh, and and see if that name really does stick. But no, Randy's just... He's such a good dude and he's a guy that, you know, I've, I've personally only met once, um, you know, when we met him at a convention, but you know, I had had gosh at that time, almost four years worth of Twitter DMS and, and tweeting with him, um, that I, like, I felt like I knew the guy and I, like, I feel like I can tell people like, like I know Randy Waldrum, like when yeah. somebody, somebody says, mentions his name, it's like, Oh yeah, like that's my dude. Uh, like I have no problem saying that. And, He's a guy that I, you know, I want to, obviously I want him to keep coaching because I think what he does and, and what he's already done for that Pittsburgh program already um, has been tremendous. But I, he's a guy that when it is time uh, for him to be done with coaching, I want that, I want him to be the, like every man's consultant, just like open up his email, say, Hey, my phone line is open from this time to this time. And if you got something, give him, give him a holler. Uh, cause I think he could help out. I think he could help out so many people. Maybe, maybe I'll try to talk him into like, we'll start our own business. That's what we'll do. We'll do like our own, like coaching consulting business. Um, and, and get Randy going on that. But yeah, he's such a, he's such a good dude. Like just even mentioning his name or talking about him, it makes me smile from ear to ear. I mean, you can't see my camera, but I'm doing the exact same thing. <laughs> and you can't see mine because the light is dark. I just can't see yours. It doesn't work. Um, Next couple of weeks, we got some awesome things planned for you guys. Uh, we've got a a massive guest next week that's coming from Down Under. Uh, so we're trying to get make sure that all of our times are good because when we can do it, it's like the next day uh, for our guests. Um, we have a very special surprise for the 100th episode coming up. And then uh, for episode 99, it is the birthday party that I tweeted about uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, my birthday is actually June 13th. So that's when our episode for 99 comes out. But I want you guys to join me on June 10th, Monday night, June 10th. I'm going to put a link out uh, for a Google Hangout room. So make sure you have Google Hangout on your phone or maybe on your laptop, whichever it may be. Uh, I'm going to put a link out. You click on it and you can join Nick and I in our shenanigans. And you get to actually see the famous triathlon picture that everyone gets to see whenever we do the show. Um, but I want to spend my birthday with you guys. I want to spend it with Nick and, and just chatting about coaching and about our journeys and just have a good time. Bring your own beverages. Uh, unfortunately, we cannot send them to you via the interwebs, um, but bring your own beverages uh, and and get involved with that. I did have, uh, I, de I definitely want to mention too, um, before something I was going to bring up, a uh, big shout out to our friend Dan Turry. Uh, you see Nick and I kind of retweet a lot of his stuff with his daughter, Anna, um, a lot because of the cool, the difference that they're I mean, both making. They are doing awesome stuff. Yeah, with being officials and, you know, on top of Anna being official and still playing, um, you know, they're just they're such great ambassadors to the game. And um, if you heard the show last week uh, with Yalel and Laura, uh, we talked about they challenge Nick to the 100 hour challenge. But Nick has to be eating pizza, ice cream and drinking beer while he does it. Um, and the Turries are such awesome people. I, I got up the other day and I had an email from him uh, that was a Dairy Queen gift card to Nick. Uh, and he said, you know, first couple of blizzards on us because uh, we want to see him complete this challenge. So like how cool, Nick, like 
Soccer Chat Nation is rooting you on. Like, we believe that you can do this. So get your pizza, get your beer, and get your blizzards, and do the 100-hour challenge. Dude, I, I have to now. Like, I have sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> and if so. you want if you want to send Nick beverages or send him uh, coupons for pizzas or blizzards, whatever it may be, uh, you know, you can reach him on at Coach in Rizzo. Uh, and I believe your your is your Gmail the same, or do you use your your mom with account more for you? I use my mom with account. If you want to if you want to hit me up, my mom with account, n Rizzo at MonmouthCollege.edu. So I was super happy when Nick became the Midwest Conference Coach of the Year two years ago. I was super pumped about that. I was even more excited when we got to go to convention and do the show. I think I will be three times as more proud if Nick completes this hundred hour challenge <laughs> and receives the Technique Football socks from Laura Grawl here uh, from Kentucky Fire Juniors. I think that will be, that's going to be the crowning moment of the show. I I mean, it will be the most important thing I've achieved in my lifetime. I think so too. And even if you get married one day, I'll tell the chick like, sorry, like he did the hundred hour challenge. Like, yeah, no, this is not that cool. Like, we, like <laughs> it's, it's at the best, the fifth best thing he's done in his life. So, and before we get out of here, I was kind of, I was going to mention this uh, tonight because it hasn't really like went out above our, um, uh, with our, our, our club and whatnot, but I, I took a leap of faith this week, Nick, and, and, and I'm doing something completely out of my coaching realm. Uh, and I'm kind of scared, but I'm kind of pumped at the same time. Um, are you going to say it? I'm like hanging on the edge of my seat. So, um, my club, uh, had mentioned that there's a possibility that for my daughter's age group, that there's not a coach. Uh, and she will be playing up a year this year. Uh, and they're like, so, you know, like, we don't know what's going on with that, but you know, your son will have a group, yada, yada. And I was talking to my wife and she was like, you know, like you should do it. And I was like, ah, you know, like little kids are my thing. Like I'm like camps. I'm cool. I can do camps, but like younger than like eighth grade, like to like coach them is kind of a struggle for me. And I don't mind like I I've, I've mentioned on the show, like I've helped out like with her Academy before, like, and I have no problem with that, but I'm not like the coach in that. Um, but I, you know, we were on the road from Michigan and we were just talking and I think I talked myself into it. So I, I sent a message to my club and was like, Hey, I'll do it. You know, I just want to make sure that those kids have somebody to, to work with. So I'm going way out of my coaching realm and all of you that have things for uh, five, six and seven year olds, uh, to do for training sessions, please send them my way. I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to the guru, Tamara Hey Jay. Uh, big shout out to her up at Midland soccer club. I absolutely love her. She's fantastic. Uh, most of the stuff that my daughter has learned already at her young age has all come from, uh, from our lovable coach T, which we need to get her on the show sometime. I think George would be happy about that. Um, mainly cause she would give us all the dirt on George. Um, but so yeah, I, th- I on top of coaching, uh, my O2 boys again, I think I'm going to be doing the uh, the U six and sevens. Nice. I'm scared. <laughs> I don't know, but I'd, I'd like their setup. You know, train on Wednesday nights, and then uh, they they play every Saturday, uh, and they do it in six week increments. So, like in September, it'll start. They'll do six weeks, then they'll come back in the winter time, six weeks, and come back in the springtime, uh, six weeks. And so I. So, uh, so if someone's going to send you those sessions, how do they send them? 
Uh, send me, send me a PDFs or documents, whatever you send it, uh, do it to coach Soderling at gmail.com. Um, or feel free to hit me up. The DMS are constantly open. I don't know if that's something that you're supposed to admit, uh, but my DMS are constantly open. We have wide open DMs. <laughs> wide open. <laughs> I, I don't know how I feel that that sounds. Um, but, uh, you know, as, as we mentioned, you can find Nick on, on Twitter at coach in and mine is coach Soderling. It's basically, if you want to get a hold of me, whether it's email, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it may be. Uh, it's at Coach Soderling. Um, so yeah, send me those lesson plans for all your U5, six and sevens. Uh, so that way I can utilize them. And I will, you know what? I will I'll I'll take it one step further. If you send me your sessions for U5, six and sevens, uh, when I use them, I will come on the show and talk about it and uh and and publicly thank you for sending me your session so send me all your u5 six and seven stuff um and then i will let me rephrase that too advanced stuff um so this isn't like a rec program like this is kind of like for that accelerated um uh players at those age groups and i've seen them play before and they're like they're pretty good so like send me your accelerated u5 u6 and u7 lesson plans and let me look like i'm really really good at it uh, via you guys. So thank you all for that. Uh, this is a listener supported show supported by people everywhere who are listening, just like you who are listening to this episode right now. One of the best ways that you can help us out is going to Apple podcast or wherever you get your podcast from, whether it's Google play, tune in radio, iHeartRadio, radio, stitcher, Spotify, wherever it is and leave soccer chat, a nice five-star rating and review. Make sure to leave your Twitter name on there. So that way Nick and I can give you a nice massive shout out. And speaking of shout outs, our new weekly segment, Nick, who would you like to give your shout out to this week? Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring a new one out because she she needs to get on Twitter a little bit more. If she's not there, but I was actually texting the Aurora coach. We need to get her on the show, Shan Danino. We were texting tonight. Um, she's she's a person that we need to get on. I, I think that she'd be a a fun person. What about you? Uh, my shout out this week is to Maurizio Sarri. His first major trophy won today. And for somebody who last night at training kicked his hat, stormed off the field before it was over with, he sure seemed happy today lifting that trophy up. Dude, I, I think that's a, I, I'll, like, I don't want to get into it, but I think that was, I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. I think that was a ruse. I think that was, I, I think that was a play to get Arsenal to drop their guard a little bit and them to do what they did in the second half today just throw well, it it's funny how conte went from not being able to walk to miraculously starting yeah i think there was a lot of i think there was a lot of shenanigans going down with with chelsea today. i like shenanigans you can join our shenanigans every single wednesday night 9 30 p.m eastern time just follow the hashtag soccer chat follow us on twitter at chat soccer no e so that's s-o-c-c-r you can join the conversation with us on june 10th you can actually join our shenanigans bring your shenanigans with you uh shenanigans for those of you who know me is a drink that i sometimes um if you know a shenanigan hit me up in the dms um and uh it's gonna be good times on june 10th and wow like here for a while i thought this week was going to be boring but because of the good brother because of the europa league and because of the mercy rule chat that we had i'm fired up and the problem is, is it's almost midnight but <laughs> The best part about all of this is we get to do it again next week. He's Nick. I'm Sean. Nick, we'll catch you later. See you later, brother.
man. Thanks awesome. for coming by. Oh, that's awesome. I enjoyed it's that. So I, I could talk to talk shop you. with you guys all day long. You're that's so great. Easy to talk to you. That's great.